and welcome to 101 George Street, the podcast from Mowbray, Scotland's National Centre for Children's Literature and Storytelling. My name is John Malloy and I invite you to sit back, tune in and join me as I talk to a guest from the worlds of children's literature, storytelling and creative learning. This week's episode is the first of a series of special podcasts relating to the upcoming Wild Goose Festival in Dumfries. The festival is due to take place in October of this year and will represent one of the first physical festivals to take place in the region since the relaxation of lockdown conditions in the summer. To kick things off, I will be talking to Maureen Phillips. Maureen is a multi-sensory storyteller and the Senior Development Director at PAMAS. PAMAS, which stands for Promoting a More Inclusive Society, is a Dundee-based charity working with people with profound and multiple learning disabilities. As part of the festival, PAMAS will be running the Multisensory Migration Story event at Mowbray on Saturday the 10th and Sunday the 11th of October. Maureen, what's your favourite children's story and why? Oh, my favourite children's story book of all times is Alice in Wonderland. Oh, it's just it's just an amazing book, and actually, it still is one of my favourite books. Um, I don't know what it is about it. It's got a oh, it's just it's like going on a on a journey underneath the rabbit hole to meet all these characters who actually have stories of their own. So it for me, it's like stories within a story. It's just wonderful, and I never tire of even now as an adult reading Alice in Wonderland. So it has to come out tops my all favourite book and the favourite character in that is the Mad Hatter. Often sometimes feel it would be fantastic to stop time for just a little while and be at that crazy tea party. So it has to be Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. That's brilliant. It's quite a surreal um, story considering when it was first written. Uh, when you read it, you think, wow, this is a little bit before its time. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I think for me, there's an element of it. Even when I was young, I wasn't quite sure what drew me to it, apart from the adventures. But now that I see I'm, I'm older, um, uh, I still love it. And I, and I suppose for me, it's like I studied shamanic practice. And for me, it's very much now, as an older person, it's very much like going on that journey with a guide down um, down in the tunnel and see who you can find and who are you going to bump into. It's just wonderful. That's interesting you should say that um, because I've spoken to a few authors and a few storytellers, particularly the storytellers now, and every one of them mentions this idea of going on a journey and you're taking an audience with you on a journey. And the journey is a reoccurring theme throughout most storytelling, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and again, if you look at uh, shamanic practice, which you've just mentioned, this idea of journeying somewhere, it seems to be a reoccurring theme that is almost universal. Why do you think that? I don't know. I don't know why it is. For for me personally, I've never followed the because I work with people with profound disabilities, um, and I, I my passion is multisensory stories and and using any way to get them to engage because they are my passion. I I don't know. It's like you know you go through life and sometimes you just you don't just 
find where you fit in life. Mm. But for me, um, my tribe are people with profound and multiple learning disabilities. They just teach us so, so much. And actually, when you work with them, they're quite shamanic in their way of being. They, 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 and when you get that moment, that rare moment of true connection with them, it's like they pull you in. You can almost see into the soul. It's just, um, it's an amazing connection that you get with them. And that's the driver for me. I've always been passionate about this group of people. But I think um, when you go on that journey with them, and I think what the shamanic practice did for me, obviously people with profound and multiple learning disabilities use their senses a lot more than maybe we would to access literature because they can't really speak. Some of them can say a few words, but most of them are non-verbal and they struggle to read the words or see the words in some case. So for me, it's about finding a way that gives storytelling to them and allows them to be in the story too. Because I think it's really important that they're brought in the story and they don't just always have things done to them. Maureen, you are a multi-sensory storyteller and have worked in the field for over 20 years. Uh, for our listeners at home who may not be aware of the concept of multi-sensory storytelling, could you give us an overview of what it is and, and why it is important? Well, it's, it's, it's a vast field, to be perfectly honest. Multi-sensory storytelling, you could talk a whole day, John, on multi-sensory storytelling, but... Essentially, it's allowing people with profound disabilities and others as well. Not, it's not just for people with profound and multiple learning disabilities, children or children whose first language isn't English, actually get a lot from um, working with story in a multi-sensory way. So it's essentially um, building up a story for an individual, either, either a a personal story because you can use the, st the multi-sensory storytelling to help people tell stories of their own lives. They can develop their own story, then they can share their story with others. So you can do that with it and you can go to a much deeper level and uh, you know you can bring emotion through for them through the story but it's always always using the senses the reason we call it multi-sensory storytelling is because it uses all the senses mm. um, and if you include all the senses in the story and you're working with a group of people then somebody may not get you know the sense of touch they may not like the sense of touch but they'll get the sense of sound so by including all the senses the person with profound and multiple learning disabilities at least gets something from the story and you the main thing is to use rhyme rhythm and repetition in the story and give them time Give them time, give them time to learn the story, to get to know the story, to be in the story. Um, you know, there is times when they'll come along to a one-off event and be in a, a festival or, or an event like that, and it's fantastic. But if you want to, to draw out the inner person and work with them on a one-to-one -one basis, then find the stimuli that works for that individual and work through the story with them and create the story with them and then allow them to share that story with others. So 
So in a nutshell, that's uh, multi-sensory storytelling, really. What is profound and multiple learning disabilities, PMLD? Well, when some, yeah, when someone has a profound and multiple learning disability, they've got usually the physical disability and a profound learning disability and added health problems, you know, they could, or sight problems or vision, pro vision problems or hearing problems. Mm. So, and they're normally in a wheelchair, but um, the, it's vast. The field of profound and multiple learning disability is vast. You get people with Rett syndrome, Cornelia Delange syndrome, and these people are mobile, so they can be mobile too. Um, but Primarily, they've got the physical disability and the added profound learning disability. And as you mentioned, because the field is so wide and, and people are individuals and they, they have yeah. the unique issues that they deal with, the reason why multisensory storytelling is so important to them is that because it, it incorporates all the different senses, as you say, if one sense is locked out, they can still access a story and a narrative through other senses. Yes, and they can do they can do a lot of things through the storytelling. It's not just the story is fantastic. They can you can build in some occupational therapy or some mm. physiotherapy into a story. And it's much more fun to do it that way. Mm. If you say to someone, oh, you're going to have your physio exercises today, they'll probably grump and groan. But if you say, oh, today we're going to do X story and you've built that into the story, then it's amazing. It transforms the whole experience. And so I do that a lot in the stories, actually try to build in an element of exercise or an element of you know just if it was transition say they were transitioning from primary to secondary school or nursery to primary to have a story developed around that to help you on your way through that life transition is quite amazing really because it's it's a stressful situation for everyone but if you've got the added difficulty of your disability then to have a story that helps you to know that everything's going to be okay when you get there then that's like worth its weight in gold you know so story can help in that situation as well um, another way you can use story is to help someone through loss and bereavement that's a, that's a big piece of work that um, that we look at in PAMIS. That's incredibly interesting, actually, because when I started learning about what multisensory storytelling is, when I first approached the idea and the concept, I just thought, OK, it's about telling stories in a multisensory way. And those stories are uh, uh, pieces of entertaining narrative. You take them on a journey. It's all fantastic. It's a, it's a wonderful way of accessing the world of stories. But what you're saying is that there's a degree of, um, they can be quite therapeutic in that you're, you can teach life lessons, important life lessons, practical life lessons, which will help an individual deal with something that is happening to them or, or something that they're about to go through, as you say, a transition. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that, that was to go back. Um, that was how the story started in Pamis um, all these years ago with, you know, stories for individuals. There was a project called Real Lives, Real Stories, 
which took real life events in a child or young person's life and created a story for them. And then if they wanted to, they had the choice to go on and share that story with a wider group of peers or friends or family. And, and, it, and it was wonderful. And there is a place for the creative and fun ones too, where everybody just wants to go and listen to a story for a bit of fun. And that's great as well. But there is a deeper layer to the stories than what people really, really know about. I think most people would think like you, you just bring in a few items and have a bit of fun. But actually, there is a whole other layer when you scrape away of what narrative can do for people and how narrative can help people. What is PAMIS as an organisation? Well, PAMIS stands for Promoting a More Inclusive Society. And that is what PAMIS is all about. Um, we work in partnership with people with profound and multiple learning disabilities and their families. And it's true partnership. I mean, some of the families that we work with are trainers in their own right. So any training that we do, we normally do it in partnership with a family carer or someone with profound disabilities. And so PAMIS was it was set up about 28 years ago now by a wonderful Irish woman and her husband. Um, she was called Loretto Lamb and her husband was Professor James Hogg. And Loretto worked in her younger years in uh, Mencap down south. Mm. But James and her came up to Scotland and they set up the charity with just themselves and a couple of other people. And the charity's grown. It's not a big charity, but it's, it, you know, it works across Scotland now and so it has grown and developed but um, yeah she was very much a woman ahead of her time she set it up because this group were so marginalized and on the edge of society and she brought them right into the you know the forefront of change actually so she really was the the promoter of people with profound disabilities actually being the educators because they do they educate us and they educate us in a way you know they educate us to look more closely at, at movement and behaviors and they actually you know help us to be to know what it is to be human they're just amazing people and they're not given the credit for that you know people often look at them and think oh you know they won't really understand that but they do they really do if you get that connection with them they really do teach you teach you a lot Pamis is based in Dundee uh -huh, the head office is Dundee but I know you've got um you've got quite a wide reach across the the country um we do. With people working with people with PMLT now, Maureen, I know you have a background as a storyteller, and I, I know you've lived a, an interesting life with lots of different and interesting experiences. What got you into storytelling? Well, actually, it was Loretto Lamb, the woman that started PAMIS. She had this uncanny knack of placing you in a situation that you didn't see coming you know, mm. and uh, she placed me in that situation with the stories and she had a love of stories. And I guess she was just um, looking for someone who maybe had the same passion to carry on the work. And along I came. Uh, so I've been with Pamis for about 20 years now. 
and right from the beginning she got me involved in the storytelling and it just evolved it actually really just evolved from there I mean I always loved it and I always had a passion for it and I always saw the benefits of it but she really put me on the road with the story work and gradually you know it just developed over time and uh, yeah and then I took it on my own journey I didn't go down the traditional route I found my love for it but I wanted to find my own place and put my own personality into it if you if you like that for want of a better word so I then went to train in shamanism well shamanic practice actually it's not shamanism it's shamanic practice because that way of being for me was the best way to work with people that I wanted to work with so I didn't want to be you know a storyteller as you know the oral tradition although I love the oral tradition and I adapt stories from the oral tradition but I adapt them so that people with profound disabilities can access them so because of my passion for people with profound disabilities I had to find a way that was right for me and that was the right way for me so uh, all the courses I've done over the years I've been through this uh, Centre for Creative Vision it's a centre in Fife run by Carol Day and she does story courses as well and that's allowed me it's these courses that have allowed me to strip away and get deep into the stories i know you've you've traveled you've actually traveled as a storyteller as well haven't you yes we've i've done a lot of research as well with Mm. the stories um so uh, through the research i've traveled there was a colleague in cologne and she does multi-sensory stories she's retired Mm. now but still continues with storytelling so we've worked yes we've worked in Cologne we've worked in Vienna we've worked all over the place with the stories and my one passion and determination before life moves on for me is I've got to get the stories on the book bus in Zambia because I went to Zambia three years ago and it just was the people are just the most amazing people and my my real driver is to one day have multi-sensory stories on that story bus. All oh, right. So there's a, there's a story. I'm, I'm quite interested, actually, because one of the things that we were looking at um, and that we're continuing to look at in Mowbray is the idea of a story bus um, for the Dumfries and Galloway region. So there's a story bus in Zambia. There is. There's a story bus in Zambia. It's a converted safari truck. Mm. and um, it goes around all the schools and I went for two weeks three years ago and worked on the story bus and went round with the story bus round the schools in Zambia and at the the time it was just for everybody but I wasn't quite sure when I went there how the special education system worked out there but I did come across quite a lot of children in some of the mainstream schools that actually did have uh, profound learning disability so I thought oh there could be multi-sensory stories on this story bus and it was amazing because it was a, lit- uh, a literature program you know improving people's reading skills um, with through literature so um, that's a that's a passion of mine so I did that and that is my goal is to have multi-sensory stories on the book bus in Zambia you know what as goals go that's a good one yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> Maureen, you've been a big champion for accessibility, uh, particularly with people with disabilities, particularly actually with regards to festivals and cultural events. Why is that so important to you? Well, the festivals are so important to me for for a reason that most people might not realise, but families came to me and said, you know, that for them to... For them to go out as a family, as a whole, 
for a day out is extremely difficult because everywhere they go, there's either something for the siblings of that of the child with profound disabilities, and there's nothing for the child with profound disabilities or vice versa. So the families said they tend to be split then. Either one parent goes off with the able-bodied children while the other one stays at home. And they, 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 they did come to me and they said, you know, a festival's the ideal day out for us. Mm because you know we there's something for everybody at the festival but they're not quite got anything there for people with found disabilities so they said is there anything Palmas can do about that so of course I said yes I'm sure so I applied actually for shared care and, and it was quite you know innovative and it a couple of years ago so I applied to shared care for a grant to to go and attend the festivals with for the families and put on events as part of the festival because we used to run our own what we called Camp Pamis at Camperdown Park and that was wonderful but it was limited because we've got limited resources but to, to, to actually take Camp Pamis and put it in the wider festival meant that we were bringing something to the festivals for people with profound disabilities. And actually the thing that worked the best is we've got a story yard. So the multi-sensory stories and then followed by crafts and pony axes. Pony axes is a little pony called Obama and his owner Simon and he has a specialist made buggy, I suppose you would call it, that the wheelchairs can go on. But he, he, he usually makes access to the countryside available to people with profound disabilities but I asked him would you come to the festival and he said he would so he came to the appropriate festivals because some of them are the Edinburgh International Book Festival which you wouldn't want him trotting around that but you know he came to Wildhood and he came to other festivals that were outdoor festivals so he came to these so yeah so that's my passion with the festivals and it simply again was driven by the families but the one thing I have to say that we've got a mobile changing places toilet and that was down to our CEO, Jenny Miller, having the foresight to see that people could never access these things in the community unless they had a fully accessible changing places toilet. So actually she was instrumental in, in getting PAMIS to, we raised funds to purchase a mobile change in places toilet, which goes to all the festivals, because without it, we wouldn't be able to do it. So, so the, the toilet actually is key to being able to then have families at the festival. I think that says a lot. If you consider access to a toilet being so important for a person to be able to access mainstream, what we would say mainstream festivals, mainstream cultural events, being able to have that facility that they can use just like anyone else that could use any facilities in the, in the festival. Suddenly that opens up the festival for anyone. Yes, it does. It really, really does. I mean, without it, they couldn't come because there's restrictions on how long somebody can remain, you know, in their chair without getting changed. Mm. so there's restrictions on that so it's very restrictive you lead a very restrictive life if you can't get out and find somewhere that you can be changed so without the toilet really nothing else can happen for these families and their lives are small enough 
um, it just really just opens up life for them in, in a way that you can't really imagine. And it's a thing that, you know, it's it's an everyday thing is that, like there's public toilets everywhere, there's toilets in every building, but for people with profound and multiple learning disabilities or other people that need, you know, that need to get changed if somebody has a stoma even, you know, that need to get changed, their life is very restricted without that toilet. So it's actually the key to opening up the communities and it's overlooked just simply people don't mean to do that it's just that they don't realize you know they just don't think about it oh we never gave it a thought they said you know so or they say but it is it is the key i suppose raising awareness is is one of the most important elements of the job actually yeah, it is. And that's why the festivals are really good as well, because you're on the road, people see you on the road, it goes on social media, oh, where is it? Some people follow the family, where is it today? Um, or where is it going this weekend? You know, and it goes to a lot of festivals now. And so it's beginning to, it's it's the biggest raising awareness tool that we've ever had. Well, speaking of, of locations of uh, the PAMILU and festivals, I understand that PAMAS will be making an appearance at the Wild Goose Festival down in Dumfries and Galloway. Yes, and it's very exciting to bring the Changing Places toilet to um, Dumfries and Galloway. Now, uh, the Wild Goose Festival is the festival in Dumfries and Galloway. It'll take place in mid-October. Um, celebrating nature, nature writing, migration, particularly the migration of the barnacle geese. Could you tell me a little bit more about Pamas' involvement in that festival? Yes, well, Pamas has a lovely staff member down in Dumfries and Galloway, Heather Malloy. And um, Heather is a fantastic multi-sensory storyteller and she works with a group of young people called the Arts End of Somewhere Creative Arts Group. And they're just an amazing group of young people that I met when we started a project up last year. We were very lucky to get funding from the Hollywood Trust to continue that work and expand and grow that work. So Heather is the lead person from PAMIS in that work and they've created a most amazing multi-sensory experience for that festival, which I think will just be fantastic and again it just shows you with a little bit more thought and understanding how the wild goose festival will open up for so many people so many more people through having that story at the festival but plus it gives the young people that heather's working with an experience too and a life experience and actually she's giving them life skills that will go beyond the storytelling um, and overcoming their own difficulties in life because they've all got, you know, a learning disability themselves, albeit not as not profound in many cases. So it's just amazing that this group of young people now are giving stories to the community for people with profound disabilities. So we're really excited to bring the PAMILU to the Wild Goose Festival. Yeah, it's amazing. For people with PMLD or anyone in general who are looking at this festival and want to access the festival and access all the various different activities and events that are taking place in at the festival, knowing that there's that resource that they can use that opens the festival and the events open for them, to them, 
it must be a huge thing for them. It will be, yes, it will be. It really will be because they'll get the benefit from everything else that's going on at the festival, but they'll come there knowing that there is a major event that they will be able to fully access and take part in and understand, and then they can go away from the festival, take something home, and then they can learn more about the geese if they want to. It's just an amazing experience for them. Maureen, are there any other projects that you're working on at the moment, either with your Pamas hat on or as you as a, as, a, as a multi-sensory storyteller? Yeah, there's actually, there's always projects, John, that we're working on to, mm. to progress the stories on. But yes, there is. There is a lot of stories. I'm working on a lovely project at the moment myself, but for Pamas, again, it's for the festivals. It will be, you know, the festivals will be able to download it, use it if they want to. And it basically takes the theme of Visit Scotland this year, which was Shores and Rivers. So it's a project about primarily rivers. But again, it's using people's experiences and weaving their stories into the folklore of the rivers and the, and the shores around Scotland, but in the wider world as well. So we're doing that one. Um, we've also got, um, we've helped over the, over the last three years, we have worked with the Edinburgh International Book Festival to make their events more accessible to people with profound disabilities. And actually this year in lock, because it was lockdown um, and all the COVID-19 lockdown, um, the Edinburgh Book Festival this year couldn't take place physically. So it came online. So that offered us the opportunity to, to work with, a, with an author on a book called Felix After the Rain. And it is a book that explores emotion in children, primarily the most emotion of depression and, and how that feels. And this year we worked with the music therapist Fiona Sharp to actually include the people who had been on our online music groups. And they were actually, so this year for the first time ever, people with profound and multiple learning disabilities took place, centre place in the Edinburgh International Book Festival. So that was really lovely. Um, and the other big piece of work that we're all really quite proud of, which will be launched soon, we've done the, um, the Imagination Toolkit. Now, that's a toolkit of stories, multi-sensory stories and videos um, that will help people with profound and multiple learning disabilities and others through challenging times. So again, it's one of these that we worked with an educational psychologist, Sarah Hume, to develop all the psychology behind the stories. Um, it's a very practical toolkit that people can use to support children and young people through challenging times, including, you know, what they've just been through maybe with over the last four months with the pandemic, but not primarily about that. So that will be launched, well, I would say within the next four weeks that comes with, well, it will come with a, a little training course that helps people to use it because it is dealing with quite um, difficult topics or potential difficult topics if it brings up emotion for people. Yeah. So that, that these are the, the biggest projects that we've worked on. And we've worked on this one over the course of the pandemic and ready for preparation for when people maybe have to go back to school or day services or into the communities again, you know, to help them explore some of the emotions that might bring up for them that they themselves might be unaware of. So that, that's been a lovely project, actually. So we're quite excited for that one to be launched. So these are the, these are the main ones. 
Obviously, with um, Heather down in Dumfries and Galloway, that project that she's working on will expand and develop so that because Pamis is very passionate about stories belong in communities. They don't belong to any one person. They belong in communities. So again, that's a part of my passion, I suppose, that I've brought to Pamis, that these stories should be widely available and given to the communities to do what they want with them. So Heather will be expanding, you know, across Dumfries and Galloway over the next few years, the, the work with the stories to, to open up other communities so that they can experience the same as the young people in Dumfries have experienced. But also we're working on, we, we've got a big long-term project that we're working on, which is uh, loss and bereavement. So we want to have a, a map that maps across Scotland where there'll be points where people can go and, and remember people that they've maybe lost or they want to remember. Um, and we're working with a glass artist, Pippa Beveridge, to do that. Um, we've done one piece of that. We just it's like everything else we just need the funding to do the rest but that's a big long-term project um, looking at loss and bereavement so th these are the big things Maureen thank you so much for being on the show it's been fantastic oh thank you very much John it's been great to be invited on the show and it's lovely to chat to you <laughs>